Blog Talk Radio. Round one. Fight, 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 fight. Presidente, you have stumbled across the number one internet sports talk show in the world between the hours of 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. And welcome to our affiliate radio stations as well, who joins us uh, all across this great land of the United States. And also, we welcome all of you that are listening to us live on TuneIn or on our podcast on TuneIn. Uh, We welcome the TuneIn family to the Balance family, if you will, and we're excited to be uh, over on TuneIn now as well. So, uh, hey, you know, if you got the TuneIn app, get it. If you don't, I mean, I'm sorry, if you don't have the TuneIn app, get it. If you do, hey, check us out over there. You You can check us out any time of the day or night. All you have to do is hit that little search button and hit and type in the balance. My name is Tom Mark Wassell, Presidente. I am the leader of this ship for the next two hours. I will do my best to guide you through this crazy world of sports that we have, that that we have uh, seen unfold over the last week. And certainly if you're following us on social media at T-Balance, well, you're in the know. You are in the know, and this is the one place where fanatics can come together and talk about their favorite teams. The balance brings you an analytic. Well, we do stretch that word a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. We bring you an analytic breakdown of sports from a fan's point of view. Uh, we bring you breaking news, commentary, scores, stats, standings, you know, audio and highlights when we can. So we try to bring it all to you. Plus, you know, we have great interviews. You know, and today is, is no no different. We have some we have our expert panel panel today. Um, Tyson Lautenschlager of uh, vonpitroad.com is going to join us and help us break down all of the uh, NASCAR action of what's going on in NASCAR as we get geared up and we're getting closer and closer to knowing who's going to be the 2017 nascar champion and then we're also going to have rick riggin back on with us he missed uh last week he was out of town uh we're going to be talking about the top 25 in college football uh, also nfl hopefully maybe uh we'll have ed kratz the official nfl contributor uh to uh the, the balance if you will and uh and he also is uh, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles for USA Today as well. and uh, But he is on his way to New York City, and so uh, New York City, uh, come on, I can't be the only one that remembers that commercial. Anyway, 
so he's hopefully going to join us. And then at the at the uh, at the bottom of the last hour, if you will, uh, Mo from the BS Sports Show joins us. And you know, we talk with him about uh, the bet against the spread, and we talk with him about uh, you know really about everything about sports. And we're gonna BS about sports. And you know, I almost had the World Series right. You know, I think we all know that I called the Dodgers and the Astros to be in the World Series, and. Uh, well, I was right that part, but what an exciting World Series it was. I mean, we're, we'll get into this more into the show here, but what an exciting World Series we had. I, and in my opinion, we probably saw one of the biggest or best World Series we've seen in a generation at least. And it was exciting. It went all the way to Game 7. Now, yeah, Game 7 was kind of boring. I'll, I'll admit that. And, you know, unfortunately, I'm still kind of getting through it. But I uh, had this bronchial sickness going on. And I, I had, to, I mean, basically a day and a half I was cooped in the house and, you know, uh, all cocooned up in my uh, on my couch with my quilt and, and just, uh, you know, trying to persevere, trying to survive. But thankfully, I did survive. So I actually miss the last game. Now, I obviously have caught up with the highlights and, and everything that that happened with the World Series. But what an exciting World Series it was. I mean, really, from Game 1 all the way to Game 7. And hats off to both teams. The Houston Astros and the L.A. Dodgers really gave – gave it all and we had mark timmons on last week from la dodger talk you know what he was talking with us about is basically what happened here was the dodgers overthought it it's okay that we with the analytics and all of that but sometimes you just got to get out there and play baseball and you know they weren't able to utilize clayton kershaw as they as i think that they had hoped that they would and certainly as as I think they would have wanted that rotation to go a little bit different. Uh, but on Friday, last Friday, was it last Friday? Okay, I got my days confused here because all they all run together sometimes. But at one of those games, the L.A. Dodgers completely burned through their bullpen faster than a drunk does his check on payday Friday. Burned through the bullpen, and that just screwed up their their uh, their rotation, and it screwed up their rotation for the rest of the series. And unfortunately, that did come back to haunt them, and they were not able to use Clayton Kershaw uh, to probably what they what they would have wanted to anyway. And so, uh, unfortunately, they lost in a game seven battle against the Houston Astros, and again, unfortunately, on their home home turf. But had to. <laughs> See, you guys are going to have to. You guys are just going to have to um, work with me today, okay? I, I I know I'm still trying to get through it all. So if if you just uh, hear me dying over here, don't worry. Don't no need to call nine one one or anything like that. <laughs> I'm just working through this sickness, and hey, but you guys mean more to me than any type of bronchial infection that I may have going on, and I'll save you all the gory details, but I can tell you one thing, it's no fun, and uh, 
you know, you get all this goop up in your lungs, and <laughs> it's hard to to get it all out from time to time. So you may have to to bear with me. Fortunately, we have some guests coming on here a little bit that'll help me work the work my magic work uh, work in the, uh, the way things go. Now you know we saw the NFL trade day, deadline come, and you know some big news out of the NFL. Uh, obviously, Andrew Luck being put on the injured reserve. And you know we're, we flagship out of here in Indianapolis, so we like to say that the Colts are our, our home team. And even though we're na- national on all over the United States, you can hear us. Now we we're right here in, in the backyard of Lucas Oil and uh, in Indianapolis, and you know. It, it uh, we had some great news for Indianapolis too. A squirrel, and we'll talk about that too uh, when Rick Riggin comes on. Uh, <laughs> but um, Andrew Luck put on injured reserve uh, list. And, you know, it's just been kind of a mystery around Andrew Luck. It's just been kind of a what's really going on? Are we getting the full truth now? Chris Ballard did come out and do a press conference and say that they've been 100% transparent with the media and with the fans. And, you know, I'll, I'll give them that. I, I think they, they probably have been. I don't think that they knew at the beginning of this season that the Colts would not have Andrew Luck for the rest of the season. And I know a lot of people said, well, you just need to you just need to bench Luck and, you know, count this season as a wash and a lot of people were saying that early on and now those same people are saying yeah I I told you so well no you didn't tell us so what you said was your opinion and you know now it it become evident that it wasn't necessary for them to to do that (laughs) but 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 I believe I'm going to give the I'm going to give the Colts their their props on that I believe that they did have every intention of trying to get Andrew Luck uh on on board but at the same time, that's their franchise quarterback. They've got hundreds of millions of dollars tied up in this guy. They've got to protect their investment. You want to talk about career ending, and maybe maybe we are talking about that with him. But there's not been any, any doctors that have told Chris Ballard that anyway, uh, the president and general manager of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, he said in his with to the press this past week, that uh, no doctor has told him that this is a career-ending injury for Andrew Luck. So we've got to believe that. So they've got to protect that investment. And doing so means that don't put him out there too soon because that's when you're going to have a career-ending deal. You know, as Chris Ballard said, if we put him out there too soon and he gets hit the wrong way, and let's face it, the Indianapolis Colts offensive line isn't very protective. I mean, let's let's just let's just be real. Let's just be honest. The Indianapolis offensive line sucks and could not uh could not protect Andrew Luck against a grasshopper at this point. <laughs> you know, I heard coach uh, uh he's here in Indianapolis, but of course you all are familiar with coach Vincherry. Who used to coach with the Colts, and uh, you know, I think he was with the Ravens, and he was some other teams. But what he said, you could point. We at this point, we could we could tell the offensive uh, line that this is exactly where you need to block at. This is exactly what's going to happen, and they would still miss it. 
So the offensive line for the Indianapolis Colts sucks. So you want to protect that investment. Speaking of big investments, we move on over to Texas. And yeah, we're going to spend some time in Texas today. You know, well, not literally, but figuratively, at least talking about the uh, the state of Texas. To you know, the of course the Houston Astros wins the World Series, as I, as I mentioned earlier, a very exciting World Series. And then, on top of that. Their quarterback falls, which also happens to be in the AFC South and which also happens to be the next opponent of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, but, yeah, their, their uh, quarterback, De, De, uh, Deshaun, I'm sorry, Deshaun Watson, um, has, uh, I believe, a, a torn hamstring on the other knee. And as you might remember in college, he had that same issue, I believe, down in Clemson. So, uh He's he's out for the season. This has been kind of a weird and quirky season. I mean, it's just been kind of, you know, we were we were we were talking about uh, how just the NFL in general has just kind of been a mediocre, blah, uh, nothing too exciting. I mean, is there really anything to be excited about the NFL right now? I mean, let's not get into the protests. Uh, I mean, that's just a whole other thing. But, I mean, just on the field, has there been anything that really excites you this year? I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, we're bored with him. I mean, I don't really care one way or the other with him. Honestly, I'm bored. Let's talk about something else. It seems like everything that we're talking about with the NFL this year, it seems that way. It has that feeling anyway that we're spending a lot of time talking about the NFL and not actual things going on on the field. I mean, the Jets had a had a win over Buffalo on Thursday, but how excited are we over that? I mean, Buffalo's starting to put, string some wins together, but Buffalo's going to do what Buffalo does. And the Jets might be doing some some good stuff, but they're going to end up doing what the Jets do. So I'm not really excited about that win, the Jets over Buffalo on Thursday. The Indianapolis Colts are a total train wreck this year. Houston Texans now, we don't know what's going to happen with them. The Jacksonville Jaguars, well, okay, they're going to probably, either them or the Titans, I mean, I think a lot of people still like to believe that the Tennessee Titans are the, the sweetheart of the AFC South. But there you go. One of the two of them is going to come out of the AFC South, and and, and they're going to do what they do. They're going to choke in the playoffs. So, I mean, it's going to be New England. It's going to be Philadelphia. I mean, if we were to put the – and, you know, we'll try to talk a little bit more about this later on, and certainly next week when we know for sure that Ed Kraft is going to us, we'll start talking about – we'll start talking about the uh, shape of the playoffs, if you will. But right now – if if you if you was just to say gun to head who's going to the Super Bowl, I, w- I would have to say as much as I don't want to say the New England Patriots as being a Colts fan, I it just gags me uh, or just makes me want to puke every time I think about the Colts. I mean about the about the New England Patriots going back to the Super Bowl yet again. But the reality is that's exactly what's going to happen. If right now, gun to head, if you tell me who's going to the Super Bowl, I'd have to tell you, I'd have to tell you, it'd be the Philadelphia Eagles and the uh, New England Patriots. That's just the reality. Now, the most exciting story of that is the the Philadelphia Eagles. 
And certainly we talk a lot about the Eagles here. Uh, uh, Ed Kratz, our official NFL contributor, is a beat writer for USA Today for the Philadelphia Eagles. So we get a lot of news about the Philadelphia Eagles. But at the same time, they're an exciting team to watch right now. They're probably the most exciting team to watch right now. And probably, in all reality, they have uh, the MVP as their quarterback. Carson Wentz is the real deal. Get on board with it, people. I am. That and he's my uh, fantasy quarterback. Yeah. Oh, I want to. <laughs> <laughs> on one of my leagues, uh, that is. Uh, but, yeah, the, the I just, what I'm saying is across the board, there's just not a lot to be excited about with the NFL. And maybe maybe I'm on an island. Maybe I'm an anomaly here. Maybe maybe I'm the only one that thinks that. I mean, yeah, the Steelers are good, but the Steelers are the Steelers. If you're a Steelers fan, I know you think you're the you've got the best team ever. And that's just because you're a Steelers fan, you know. And but they're not really doing anything that exciting, are they? We saw the trade de- deadline come and go. Uh, I do want to talk about this later on the show about this 49er trade uh, with Garoppolo. And, uh, you know, Shanahan may may have uh, found a diamond in the rough there and certainly knows they needed it. I think, in my opinion, in my opinion, I I think, and and I think we are going to have Ed Kratz on now, I'm being told, I think. uh, So hopefully we'll have him on. But, but Mike Shanahan, I mean, Mike Shanahan, well, the other Shanahan, the 49ers coach, may have been, may have found a diamond in the rough uh, with Garoppolo, and, and we'll we'll see uh, see what happens there. So I do want to get into that. Well, my name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente, 917-889-8516 is my ditches. Make sure you're following us on our social media, at T Balance. Uh, that's the that's the main that's the mothership that's the flagship if you will of uh, our our Twitterers but we have a whole family of Twitterers you have at two hot quarter which is really nothing but baseball you have at pro indie if you live and care about pro indie sports uh, that's what that's there for uh, and then we have at indianmay.com which is nothing but IndyCar racing and so. And we have break, at Breaking Rank, which is uh, covers nothing but college football. My name is Tom Mark Wassell, Presidente. We'll be back with Tyson Longshoulder. We'll be talking NASCAR. What's going on? Yes, oh, by the way, NASCARs in Texas. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. Doctor told me to reduce stress at work, so I come to Buffalo Wild Wings to eat lunch and watch sports. 
I get to pick one of seven entrees, like sandwiches and salads, plus one of seven sides. Well, I like sides. It's so affordable, I can finally take a vacation. Where are you going to go? Here, Tim. Here. Introducing the new B-Dub Fast Break Lunch Menu, starting at a new low price. Dine-in or order takeout weekdays. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio. See the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Symbol Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. And welcome back to the balance half hour in the books. My name is Tom Mark Wassell, Presidente. 917-889-8516 is the digits. If you want to give us a ringy ding ding and, and give us a call. Joining us now is Tyson Lautenschlager, uh, giving us a call north of the border up in Canada, our our most famous Canada friend on the balance. How are you, Tyson? I'm doing well. How are you? Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay, good to have you back on. We're going to be talking some NASCAR. We're getting geared up for the, the championship. A lot going on in the state of Texas this week, it seems like. Obviously, the Astros winning the World Series. Deshaun Watson getting knocked out uh, uh, with a, with a uh, torn ACL uh, with the uh, Texans, their, their quarterback. And NASCAR is in Texas. And as they say in te- uh, Texas, everything is in big in Texas. Uh, so talk with us a little bit about, first of all, NASCAR, where we're at right now. Obviously, we know we're getting close uh, to the championship, and we know that we're getting close to the. You know, it's it's basically uh, pretty much 
we're, we're down to the final leg, if you will. So let's talk about where NASCAR is now and uh, what we've got to look forward to this weekend. We'll break, that, break down some of the, these drivers here in just a moment, Tyson. Yeah, so we're, we're down to basically just three races left in the season for, for all three uh, series, the, the Camping World Truck Series, um, who had their race last night, actually, uh, the NASCAR Xfinity Series and the Monster Energy Cup Series. And Kyle Busch has secured his spot in the Cup Series in the uh, championship four at Homestead, so he'll be racing for a championship in a couple of weeks. And now everybody else is trying to fight and, and do the same thing he's uh, going to be doing uh, in a few weeks. So, so Tyson, one of, one of the things I want to ask you real quick before we get on the, the, the other races, Dale Jr., this is obviously his mm-hmm. last season. His, his, this is just, it just didn't happen for him. What, what, what can we interpret or read into the tea leaves with, with Dale Jr.? Obviously, this has been a huge disappointing season to him. I mean, other than, you know, real life going on where he's, gotten married and he's now going to be having a baby and all the real life things are going to start happening in his life now that he's retiring but race wise I think you would think that he would want to see his see his career end on a better note than what it's going to end on you know I think so but if there is any consolation for Dale Jr. and in terms of his racing career uh, ending and and that it's maybe not getting the end that that maybe he deserved or wanted he definitely has stepped up his game a little bit in the past few weeks. They've been that team has been performing a little bit better, running closer to the top ten uh, on a more weekly basis. So if there's any consolation, I think it's that they're still struggling, not really finding the speed, and definitely getting outrun by by Chase Elliott, uh, his younger teammate. But I think. We, we've seen uh, Junior in that whole 88 team start to progress a little bit, and maybe that uh, could bode well for Alex Bowman, who will be hopping in the car next year. Maybe uh, uh, Junior and, and Greg Ives can figure something out, out uh, in these last few races that'll that'll help Bowman next year. We're talking with Tyson uh, from OnPitRoad.com, one of our official NASCAR contributors. Uh, certainly the Monster Energy uh, Series is in uh, Texas, and we're getting down to the nitty-gritty on who's going who's gonna to be the 2017 champion. Chase Elliott's pretty uh, bitter about his spin-out in Martinsville. Talk with us about that. Yeah, and I'd say uh, Chase has plenty of reason to be, uh, you know, bitter, upset, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, Martinsville looked like he was, you have to remember, this was not just on his way to winning the race and, and potentially locking himself into a shot at the championship. Championship. Uh, this would have been his first career win, um, which he's come so close to on so many occasions um, this season and last season. And he's still just knocking on the door and just can't find his way in. And whether it's circumstances like this, uh, where he, I mean, let's face facts, he got taken out, he got dumped. Or whether it's a circumstance at Dover a few weeks back when he just got straight up beat. Um, So Chase is getting closer and closer to the win each week and got taken out at Martinsville and honestly it puts him in a very bad position points wise um, because now he went from potentially locking himself in last week being only a few laps away 
to now he he's in a position where he's going to need to win basically in order to uh, make the playoffs because now he's he's very far out. Uh, he's about 27, 28 points out of that, that top four spot. So, yeah, somebody's going to be able to point their way in, but it's going to be very hard for Chase Elliott at this point to even uh, have a chance at pointing his way in. So he's going to have to win one of these next two races if he wants to uh, uh, make that final race at Homestead. Well, let's uh, be real. Uh, Texas is going to be difficult for him. He obviously has to start 34th, I believe, after after failed inspections there in Texas. So it, it just seems like a doom and gloom is headed chase, to Chase Elliott's way. It was certainly a very disappointing week in, in uh, Texas, which continued on, as we mentioned, from Martinsville. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. We're still dealing with this bronchial infection that I've had. But he had some issues in inspection, and so that's not going to help him out at all starting uh, uh, 34th. I tell you what, though, you got to like Kurt Busch. He takes, a, he takes the pole at Texas. He just keeps stepping forward and stepping forward and stepping forward, and it looks like if you're going to win a championship, you got to get past Kurt Busch. Well, Kurt, um, Kurt actually was eliminated from the championship. Kyle is going to be racing for the championship, but Kurt just being up there and uh, – you know, winning the pole, super strange. It, it really has not been his, his season aside from, you know, winning the Daytona 500, which was uh, a great win, but he's really struggled this year. And um, I think to to come to one of the final races of the season and, and win the pole, it shows that he's got the, the determination to still win a couple races. And it, this could be, you know, if he can come out here, uh, out of the gate and win the pole. Maybe he's got a car that can win the race, and I think that's what a lot of um, playoff drivers would like to see. I think they'd rather see a guy like Kurt, who's um, eliminated from championship contention, win rather than one of their competitors, because that opens up a spot uh, that could be raced into the playoffs on points. Well, let's let's get into. Uh, I want to talk about the uh, uh, NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, and then the Xfinity Series, and then we're going to break down uh, tomorrow's race uh, out in Texas. So, talk with us a little bit about what's going on in the Camping World Truck uh, Series. Uh, obviously, we look at Christopher Bell, Johnny Souter, Matt Crafton, and uh, Austin uh, Cedric, Ben Rhodes, uh, J- John Hunter Namacek, uh, Gaza Garrell. And uh, Chase Briscoe, Ryan Truex, and Grant Effinger uh, round out the top ten. What are your thoughts on the Camping World Truck Series, sir? Yeah, so they had their race last night, and Johnny Sauter uh, grabbed the win, and that is going to secure his spot in the uh, Final Four at Homestead. So he'll be racing for a championship. The defending champion going to be going back to Homestead, and I think that's something that not a lot of his competitors would have wanted to see. Sauter hasn't had quite the year that he had last year, but being a veteran driver that is going to be racing for a championship, he's probably going to be in there with a lot of, you know, younger drivers, obviously Matt Crafton racing for the championship as well. He's uh, around the same age that, that Sauter is, but the other four drivers that are in this final six, they're all, you know, around the age of 20. These are young guys that don't have experience racing for championships. And I think it's really it's going to be tough for them. I think Sauter and Crafton are going to get in their heads, uh, going to intimidate them. And I think one of those two is going to be taking home the championship. 
Um, but there, there are a couple really good young guys. Uh, Chris Bell has had a phenomenal season probably. Um, you know, if you were to pick uh, someone who should win the championship out of the final six, it would probably be Christopher Bell based on the season he's had. However, I just I don't think he's going to get it. I think it's going to probably be, you know, one of the older guys that has plenty of experience that's going to take that championship away. So when we look at the, the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, a lot of people are like, oh, those are trucks. That's just a bunch of rednecks. We, we don't care nothing about uh, the truck series. You know, I beg to differ. I think the truck series plays a vital role in the ecosystem of NASCAR, if you will. And I think that it plays in a very, very important role. You mentioned how young these drivers are. So I think people need to get past the, the, the fact that they're actually racing trucks and realize those drivers racing trucks are future NASCAR champions. Yeah, for sure. And, and we've seen that. Um, we've seen that a lot. I mean, Eric Jones came, uh, came up through the truck series. Now he's uh, racing in the Monster Energy Cup Series. He, he was a champion in the truck series just a few years ago. And now he's racing in Cup and, and contending for wins uh, quite often. Uh, Ryan Blaney, the same thing. He came up through the truck series. Now he's a, a Cup race winner. This is, you know... Honestly, it's just a very good series. The truck series, um, if you don't watch it, definitely should because they put on some of the, the best racing in NASCAR, in my opinion. And it's all these young guys that are trying to get their names known, trying to get out there. And this is how they break into NASCAR. They they try to move up the ladder, and, and some of them are doing it. And I think we're going to continue to see some of them. Uh, we look at Chris Bell, who has shown so much uh, speed and, and shows he has the talent. Uh, he'll be moving up to the Xfinity Series next year. Um, and so you're seeing guys like him that are breaking through, showing they've got the talent and, and can make it in NASCAR. Tyson Lotzlager joins us uh, talking NASCAR with us. Certainly we're wrapping up the season. And, you know, it seems like we just started the season, and it seems like we're still being told the uh, the, the new rules and, and the point systems and, and the importance behind uh, <laughs> the importance behind uh, the the uh, breaks in the, in the race. Uh, the, I, I have a brain fart. This, the, what are they calling the, the – they're like three races yeah. with the – Stages. I am so sorry, man. Dude, I, I was like a day and a half this week. I was just t- out of total commission. And so my brain is still trying to catch up uh, with with this body. But, you know, also on the, talking about the uh, uh, truck series, a lot of people say, well, you know, I, I don't want you to ask car because it's too long. Okay. Well, then you'll like the truck series because it's not near as long as the mm-hmm. uh, NASCAR series. So it's a, it's a, it's a good, quick race uh, for, you, for you to watch. Move over to the Xfinity series. Uh, Justin Algager, number one. Uh, William Byron, Elliot Sadler, uh, Brendan Poole, uh, Matt Taft, Ryan Reed, Daniel Hemrick, Cole Custer, uh, Brendan Gone, and Michael Lynette round out the top ten. What do you have for us in the NASCAR Xfinity series, sir? Yes, yeah, so in the Sunday series, we have eight drivers that are out there that are going to be racing for the championship now. And uh, things like Justin Allgaier, William Byron, they are probably the two drivers that everybody needs to watch and, and everybody needs to keep an eye on, particularly Byron, who we know uh, will be moving up to Cup next year, basically replacing Casey Keene. Uh, however, he'll run the, the 24. 
Um, Byron has shown so much promise this year. It's his rookie year, only 19, 20 years old, and he's won three races, has consistently been one of the the best drivers out there, and uh, probably going to be the guy to be at Homestead. Um, but then you also can't overlook Algar and, and Elliot Sadler. Really, when you look at the those three drivers, all from the Junior Motorsports Camp, they have been the best all season. Sadler, he hasn't won a race this year, but he has consistently been up there uh, contending each week. He's always in the top five, always on the top ten, um, just always doing well. So it's probably those three, I would be surprised if they don't make it to Homestead. Um, so it's probably a fight for that fourth spot that'll be uh, to go into Homestead. And, and right now, Brennan Poole holds it. I think Cole Custer has, has been really quite strong uh, over uh, the past few weeks in the playoffs. He's not too far behind Poole. I think he's going to be able to sneak up there and get that fourth spot. However, I don't see him as a true contender when it gets to Homestead. Well, let's get into the big boys, if you will. What it, I must say, what really counts. Well, what really matters, or what really is for the the, the NASCAR Monster Energy Championship 2017. And I misspoke. I said Kurt Busch. I meant to say Kyle Busch. It looks like if you're going to win the championship, you've got to get past Kyle Busch. I, I got the Bush brothers uh, mixed up. So my apologies there, sir. Uh, you, you, I appreciate you bailing me out there. But Mark Truex, uh, Jr., uh, Kyle Bush, Brad Koloski, uh, Kevin Harvick, Jimmy Johnson, Ryan Blaney, Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, all we know for sure are in the playoffs. And uh, and then, of course, hanging in, in the in the bounds, uh, if you will, if it's going to happen. We'll see. Um, uh, Kyle Larson, Matt Kenseth, and Casey Kane. What say you, sir? Yes, we got those those top eight that are going to be racing for a spot to get to Homestead. We know Kyle Busch is going to Homestead based on his win at Martinsville, and we have a pretty good idea that Martin Tricks Jr., with all the, the points that he's built up, all the playoff points that he's built up and uh, over the, the uh, course of the season, he has probably put himself in a, a pretty solid position. However, we know anything can happen, um, but I would think Tricks and Kyle Busch are pretty much locked to go to Homestead. And being that they are locks and being that Toyota has been, for the most part, the best on the mile and a half this season, I would say they are definitely the championship favorites. Um, so it's kind of going to be a fight to be, to be in those last two spots to go to Homestead. And Brad Kozlowski at Martinsville, um, with all the points that he got, uh, he went into the race saying that it was a must-win for them. They felt like they needed to win Martinsville. And if they didn't, they weren't going to Homestead um, just because of uh, they haven't had the, the speed that the Toyotas have had on the mile and a half. So they didn't feel confident in Phoenix, which we'll go to next week. Um, but Brad, he, he ended up winning both of the stages uh, in the race last week, getting those 20 really important stage points, uh, and then finished fourth in the race. Um, so he built up a lot of points, and I think that's going to help take him to Homestead as well. Uh, and, and I think we've got, you know, Kevin Harvick, Jimmy Johnson, Blaney. One of those three drivers, I think, will take that final spot. Who it will be is, is kind of left to be seen. Uh, I think it'd be a cool story of, of Ryan Blaney, a young driver, you know, driving for the Wood Brothers, one of the old, well, 
the oldest team in NASCAR, if he can make it to the championship four and go out at Homestead and race for a championship, be a cool story. Don't know if it'll happen, but he's got that opportunity, and it'll be something to watch. Another cool story I think would be really fun to watch is Denny Hamlin in the number 11 car. I'm a big fan of Denny Hamlin on the personal basis. I, I enjoy watching his races. I mean, he's certainly one of my personal favorites, certainly in my top five as, as far as personal favorites. Would you would you say that he's a, a good chance for a dark horse uh, to get in this, or is he too far gone in his Toyota there? I think he definitely has a, a chance. He's definitely in it. However, I don't think he's going to win a championship. And the reason behind that is I think um, he really – at result race pretty dirty and I think a lot of drivers took note of that and saw that were not happy with the way he raced uh, Chase Elliott being one of them and I think a lot of drivers are going to be very hard on him over these next couple weeks and they're probably not going to race him the way that they normally do they're probably not going to race him as cleanly as they normally do um, I don't think anyone's going to you know, take him out or wreck him or anything like that. But I think they're going to make things hard for him, make his life hard. They're, you know, they're not going to cut him a break on the track. They're not going to, you know, you know, just let him go, let him by. Uh, and they're probably going to give him a bump or two. I think it's going to be a really tough road to the championship for, for Denny Hamlin if he wants to make it after uh, wrecking Chase Elliott last week. And then kind of at the end of the race, he, he caused a wreck that took out basically 15 drivers and he, he's made his life really hard right now if he wants to race for the championship. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up. That was certainly uh, some points about Denny Hamlin. And, and do you think maybe it's just because he's realizes he's getting a, uh, in the upper years, if you will, as far as his career goes with racing uh, and frustrations uh, build up and mound up? It does seem like, at least, you know, they say perception is reality. Even if it's, even if you kind of go with what he says, he's just racing hard, and and I and I get that. But it does seem like, at least, uh, feels like he's being a little ultra aggressive. Would you agree with that? Yeah, he was. He's been totally aggressive, and I think the reason behind that um, was Denny saw that if Chase made, uh, if he won that race, it would have put. Chase, obviously, in the championship four, and Chase Elliott was in, uh, he, he wasn't going to point his way in, so that would have taken one of those spots away, which we already knew Truex was pretty good on points, and it would be it would be very hard at this point for him to not make the final four. Kyle Busch, pretty good on points as well, and Brad Keselowski had already built up a lot of points at Martinsville. So had Chase Elliott won that race, I think Denny saw it as those four spots basically already being taken up and he did what he needed to do. Granted, it wasn't a great decision. Um, and he also saw, you know, if he, you know, moves Chase Elliott out of the way or wrecks him, uh, whatever you want to call it, moving him out of the way or wrecking him, he would have likely, and it didn't end up happening, but he had, he had been in position then to win himself and lock himself in that final four. So I think Denny just saw a championship trophy in front of him, basically, and and wanted to take it, and it didn't end up happening for him. Let's talk a little bit about Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick just has not been able to get a stage win this year. Uh, he's certainly uh, fourth in the point standings, if you will, uh, but he just can't seem to uh, he just can't seem to get there. 
Uh, what do you think's going on over there in that Stuart Haas racing uh, camp? I think they've really struggled quite a bit this year um, moving to Ford. They obviously, this was their first year with Ford. Um, they've run all Chevy in the past, and, and this is their first year changing to a new manufacturer. And with that uh, comes, you know, some bleeding times. And um, they've struggled, and I think maybe next year they'll be more on their game. But Kevin uh, has kept himself in the championship hunt. He, he currently holds that last spot in the playoffs in the uh, Final Four. Whether he, he'll be able to keep it or not, that's uh, kind of to be determined. But based on the guys he's racing, Jimmy Johnson has not been uh, very strong this year, though we are heading to Texas, one of his better tracks. Um, I, I think Harvick can, can stay ahead of Jimmy Johnson. I think he can stay ahead of Blaney, and I think he can stay ahead of Hamlin. I, I think it's probably Harvick has got himself in a really good position where he, he has himself in that final four. It's just going to all come down to if he can play defense better than the others can play offense. Jimmy Johnson's not going to win a championship this year. Next year, do we see his announcement come down that he's going to be retiring? You think we've got another three or four years left with Jimmy Johnson? I think we still have time for Jimmy. I think, uh, and I could be wrong here, but I, I feel like I, I, I remember him signing a contract extension with Hendrick, at least through 2019. Um, so I think we have some time with Jimmy. And, and hey, he could still win a championship. I I wouldn't have thought last year he would he would win a championship because last year was actually, if you look at stats, um, statistically last year was his worst year in the Cup Series, and he ended up winning the championship. Uh, this year would surpass that uh, statistic, being this has been his worst year statistically, only 11 top 10 finishes, a pretty low average finish, but he could still go out there as, and, you know, win a championship. It'd be a pretty huge shock. And honestly, I, it wouldn't look good on this point system, really, if somebody with um, who has run as poorly as he has for a year, if he would win the championship again. But, I mean, he still has that opportunity. He's still going to be out there. And Texas is a great track for him. And, and Homestead, he's figured out how to get around. So he, he is still in the fight. Still in the fight, still fighting the good fight. And uh, one more driver I want to talk about, Danica Patrick. Uh, you know, we like to make fun of Danica. Certainly she's made her mark as far as, uh, you know, women in sports and, and that sort of stuff. And, you know, she's she's certainly easy on the eyes, and, and I understand why she's a marketability uh, driver. Uh, she's not going to be racing, as far as we know, in 2018. But will she try to find rides to make herself still relevant in racing? And what I mean by that, do you think that maybe she'll uh, try to latch on to the Rolex 24 at some point or try to latch on to racing? Uh, you know, no, a I don't think revel- so. Re- so you think she's she's just going to kind of ride off into the sunset and, and uh, do her own marketability things with her wine and her different products and her product lines. She's basically uh, not going to be in NASCAR other than maybe to support her boyfriend, uh, uh, Ricky Steinhouse Jr. Uh, I think that kind of depends on how the next couple months go, because as, as far as we know, she is still looking for a ride. However, she said, um, she hasn't had a lot of conversations on that front, um, but she is still in the hunt uh, for a ride, and and I think we could um, 
definitely see Danica back in the Cup Series next year. There are some rumors floating around, though I think they're kind of unfounded. There was a rumor going around that she was going to join Roche Fenway uh, next year as uh, in a third car and and race alongside her boyfriend, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., which that would have been uh, a very interesting uh, interesting move. I think it would have been really a, a great move for Roche uh, because it would have been really marketable, but um, I, I don't think they're actually going to go in that direction. But I think just those rumors being out there show that she is still actively searching for a ride. Um, so there is a chance we see her back next year. However, if we don't, I don't think she's going to go out and just, you know, do the Rolex 24 or go back to the Indy 500. She's, she said she doesn't, she's not going to do that. Um, I would like to see her maybe try a couple different races because uh, honestly, whether you like Danica or not, she is good for um, not only NASCAR or IndyCar, what have you. She's good for racing. You know, she's someone that, that the sport of auto racing kind of needs. Um, So it would be a real shame if she isn't racing anything next year. Um, However, you know, I think, you know, she's well off. She, she doesn't need to do this if she doesn't want to. That's why, (laughs) If she is searching for a ride, she's going to take one of the better rides. She's not going to take uh, a ride with a a poor team because she doesn't need to do this anymore. She's doing this because she wants to. Um, she does have plenty of other things uh, kicking around the can. So, I mean, it'll be a waiting game. We'll have to see. Um, I think we'll probably know by around December if she's going to be racing next year or not. Well, I heard that her wine is is uh, to die for, and I, I I'm a big wine person. I, I like wine, so I, I will say I I, I I am eager to try her wine. Tyson uh, Lautenschlager gives us a call uh, on a weekly, semi-weekly, or whenever we can grab him. He's certainly one of our official NASCAR contributors from OnPitRoad.com. Gives us a call from uh, uh, up north in Canada. So uh, I, we won't make you say A, but we will make you tell us where we can find your work and your masterpieces, sir. Yeah, of course. You can uh, always follow me on Twitter at Tyson Lot L A U T twenty three, uh, and and follow On Pit Road at On Pit Road, and and obviously uh, check out the website On Pit Road dot com. Uh, we uh, have got some content up from the race weekend already, and. Um, we have a, a couple. We have a Mike Holloway, uh, one of our editors, is uh, at Texas Motor Speedway this weekend. We have a photographer there. Uh, so we should have plenty of great content, so you should definitely check us out and, and see what we're up to. We appreciate it, Tyson. You have yourself a great race weekend, and we'll talk with you soon. Thanks. You too. <laughs> Thanks. Tyson Lodgeslogger of OnPitRiotRoad.com joins us to talk NASCAR. What's going on in Texas? My name's Tom Marquisell, Presidente. Myself, Rick Riggin, and Ed Kratz will be back to talk some NFL and college football. And it only gets better from here. 917-889-8516 is my digits. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. <laughs> Bobby, you're here again. Yeah, my doctor told me to reduce stress at work, so I come to Buffalo Wild Wings to eat lunch and watch sports. I get to pick one of seven entrees, like sandwiches and salads, plus one of seven sides. Well, I like sides. It's so affordable, I can finally take a vacation. Where are you going to go? Here, Tim, here. Introducing the new beat-up, fast-break lunch menu, starting at a new low price. 
Dine-in or order takeout weekdays between 11 and 2. Participation and availability may vary. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio. See the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Symbol Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. All right, and welcome back to The Balance. My name is Tom Mark Michelle, Presidente. One hour in the books. Thanks to, to Tyson for giving us a, a call. Uh, talking to NASCAR with us uh, from onpitroad.com and our, our favorite Canadian of, of the show. Uh, <coughs> I'm still dealing with this bronchial thing, but thank God I've got Ed Kratz and Rick Riggin standing by to help me uh, through this. Uh, Ed, I know you're with us, and you're driving to New York City to visit your son. And, uh, you know, good good things that we, we heard from you that uh, your son is, is okay after certainly that terror attack this week in, in New York City. I know you mentioned to me that he was close by there and that uh, he was on the subway when it happened. So I'm glad you're having a, uh, able to have a trip to go down there and see him. Uh, I'm sure this trip will be a little bit more special than, than others. But how are you doing, sir? Yeah, hey, I... Thanks, Tom, for that. And yeah, I'm doing well. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful day for um, hitting Central Park or the you know the Natural Museum of History, and uh, yeah, sunny, about 55 degrees, and it's going to be a good day for sure. So, and, and you don't have to share this if you don't want to, but your your son lives and and, and rides his bike close to where that attack happened. What kind of information has he given you just by being in the area and being so close to something so 
horrific. Uh, what kind of information or feedback has he given you? How are how is he? How is people in the neighborhood reacted? I mean, obviously, New Yorkers are strong people. We know that very, very well. But certainly, it was a terrible event this week in New York City. Yeah, I think it just kind of serves as a reminder that you have to always be as vigilant as you possibly can when you're out and about, you know, on the streets. You know, a lot of people walk with their headsets in and they listen to music or they're riding their bikes and they're they're kind of oblivious just because they have their music in their ears. So, you know, it's kind of a reminder that, you know, while you're out and you're, you're not a tourist, I know tourists might not do that, but a lot of the locals in New York city do that. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just a reminder that, look, you, you just can't afford to let your guard down once because this is exactly what can happen. Um, you know, and it did, unfortunately he, he, you know, he was there earlier in the day, but you know, he was gone by the time that happened. So, uh, you know, it's just, like I said, again, it's just a reminder, uh, you know, he, a little shook up for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, that does come with, uh, you know, living, really living anywhere, Tom, you know, it, it could happen anywhere. We saw it in sure. Vegas. We see it all across the country, Orlando. I mean, these kind of things happen. And, uh, again, you just have to hope that, you know, you have to pray that you're in the right place at the right time all the time. So, uh, you know, that's what we'll continue to do with, with him and others. Uh, absolutely. Well, we know we got a lot to talk about with the NFL. Joining us also, Mr. Rick Riggin, our official college football contributor. How are you doing, sir? Uh, pretty good, Tom. How are you guys doing? Hi, Rick. Rocking and rolling. Rocking and rolling. Man, I, awesome. I, I was total uh, out, of, out of total commission this week for about a day and a half. I had this bronchial. I, I, ended up, I hate going to the doctors. Nothing against doctors. I just don't like to, to go to the doctor. And I finally just broke down and you know, said, you know, I need I need to go to the doctor, and I have something called acute bronchitis, and I think if I had not gone to the doctor, it would have turned into full-blown pneumonia, so fortunately, I went to the doctor, put me out of commission for about a day and a half, but I think I'm on the back end of that. Well, let's talk about some big news going on with the NFL. Obviously, uh, right here in our backyard, we know what the, uh, the Texans are going to be dealing with, and we know what we've been dealing with, and what we found out this this uh, week is uh, there's no luck in the NFL, at least this year. Uh, Ed, what are your thoughts on, you know, we heard uh, uh, Ballard, the, the uh, uh, president and general manager of the Indianapolis Colts, give a presser this week and basically said, you know, we've been 100% honest with you. We wanted, we had every anticipation of, of bringing luck out. And a lot of people say, no, 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 we think you had every intention of, of not playing luck this season at all. First of all, what are your thoughts on, you know, it's just unfortunate for luck. And, and as you and I talked uh, off mic, uh, this might be a career-ending thing. According to Ballard, no doctor has told him that. But it has been a rough time, a rough go of it for Andrew Luck. And, and maybe he, you know, a lot of it with him might be between the ears. Maybe he doesn't have the heart to come back and, you can you can heal the shoulder all you want, but unless he's he's got what it takes to come back, he may never come back. So it might be career ending, but we don't know. What are your thoughts with Andrew Luck? It's just Indianapolis Colts. It's just they just can't catch a break. Well, yeah, I I, I think it's actually the shoulder that is bothering him. I, I'm not sure it's between the head or you know between the shoulders. I don't think it's his head. No, what I what I. What I, I, what I no, 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 no. What I well, let me clarify that. I apologize. What I meant by in, in, <laughs> in, in, in the ears is that 
that it's his his mind. He's he's he just right. you know like if you're in a bad car car crash and you're a race car driver, you 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 just have the fear of getting back out there. I guess that's yeah. what I meant between the the, I, the ears I, and the head. I, okay, I, go I, ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I just let my hands right jump all over that man. That was great. <laughs> well, yeah, I, yeah, I, I got you now. But yeah, he, you know, I look. I mean, if the shoulders bothering him, it's bothering him. I. It's hard, you know. My understanding is that it was a different sort of a shoulder injury, right? It wasn't, you know, your tip. It was kind of behind the shoulder or something. It was sort of a rare type of injury that he needed repaired. And I guess he's been bothered by this injury for the last two years, right? Didn't he initially hurt it early in 2015? And I, I guess he never really got it healed properly. And now, you know, this is the ramifications of that. But and I think if you're the Colts, you, you know you got to get into a total rebuild here, and you can't count on Andrew Luck. If he comes back, that's great. Um, but, listen, I, if I'm the Colts, and it looks like you're, you know, they're going to be drafting pretty high this year. I don't know where. There are a few bad teams that are even worse than they are at this point. But, you know, you should be in the top seven anyway. And uh, there are plenty of quarterbacks out there. I saw a recent mock draft, and I know it's early, that there were, I think, five or six quarterbacks going in the first round. Uh, and I think if I'm the Colts, you got to take one. And if Luck comes back, great. This, whoever you draft can, can learn behind him. If not, then he's in the mix to start. But I, I really think, you, you know, it's time to move past counting on him. Uh, I don't think you'd be able to trade him at this point uh, just because of the injury situation with him. And uh, So you're really kind of stuck with him. And it's a shame they gave him all that money, too, uh, a couple of years ago. But uh, you can't count on him. And it's, it's time to move past him. Uh, and look to the future, and that means taking a quarterback with your first pick in this draft coming up. Yeah, and they might they might use Jacoby Brissett as a trade bait to 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 build up on those drafts too. Because you're right, it is going to be a a uh, uh, rich in quarterbacks in this this draft coming up. Now we we move over to to Texas. A lot of stories coming out of Texas. Uh, Houston, we have a problem. In Houston, we have a winner, and of course, NASCAR is out in Texas. So there's a this week. So there's a lot going on in Texas. But the Texans, uh, Deshaun Watson going down. I, I tell you what, that is just a huge disappointment to the uh, the Texans organization. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, well, it is a huge loss, and you know that whole quarterback situation you mentioned. Just- using Jacoby Brissett as, as trade bait, you know, look, if they like him and they did give up quite a bit to get him, if you like him, I think you hang on to him. You look, you look at, you know, here in Philadelphia, look at the Eagles. They have three quarterbacks now on their 53-man roster. They like their practice squad guy, Nate, Nate Sudfeld, so much that they activated him to the 53 this week because they knew the Colts were coming after him. So you can't have enough quarterbacks in this league. If you have two good ones, and a third one that you're willing to develop, that's what you have to do. You, you just can't keep trading, uh, you know, these quarterbacks away. You have to develop them. Uh, and look at the Texans now. You have Tom Savage who's stepping in to start for uh, Deshaun Watson, Watson, which is, you know, good luck with that. I mean, he's not an NFL caliber quarterback, but he's your number two and he's the best you got. And, you know, I think the Texans, obviously, you're going to take a huge step back. And, and it's a shame because, you know, Deshaun Watson was on pace to win the rookie of the year. Uh, you know, he was on pace to set the rookie record for touchdown passes. He had the, uh, was tied for the most already this season with 19 with uh, Carson Wentz, who also has 19. I mean, he was doing great things. And he, you know, he gave that city uh, hope that they could make a nice playoff run. And, 
uh, it, it's ironic that it happened on the same day, I guess, that the Houston Astros won the World Series. So it was kind of a bittersweet day in sports history if you're a Houston fan. Absolutely. Rick Riggin, any, uh, any thoughts on, on uh, the, uh, Andrew Luck or on Deshaun uh, uh, <laughs> Watson? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I have mentioned Nate Sudfeld, and I just wanted to bring up that that is your <laughs> IU football shout-out of the day. So thank you for bringing up Nate Sudfeld <laughs> yeah, for us guys baby. here in Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it is terrible about Deshaun Watson. Uh, just when he was starting to look like Deshaun Watson from Clemson and bringing that same style and excitement, and uh, just you saw his full capabilities this past two weeks, and now that this happens. And right when I got the, the news on Twitter – about this happening, I thought of Teddy Bridgewater. It's two totally separate separate injuries because Teddy Bridgewater, and I do believe, had a broken leg. Is that, is that the right injury for him? I'm not sure the exact extent of his injury, but, you know, with the uh, just the leg injuries and Teddy Bridgewater not being back in over a year, I mean, that's the first guy I thought of right when I saw this uh, for uh, Deshaun Watson. So, yeah, it's really hard times, you know, and it, I think that division now, the AFC South, is just looking more like a two-man race between the Titans and the uh, the Jaguars. Absolutely, and the Jaguars are going to do what the Jaguars do, and they're going to choke in the, in the playoffs. Well, we got Week Nine. We're we're underway with Week Nine, and uh, Thursday we saw the the Jets beat the Bills. Uh, nothing really that exciting, but hey, it was a good win for the Jets. Uh, thoughts, Ed? Yeah, you know it was a rare uh, national primetime appearance for Buffalo. You know they get one Thursday game a year every team does but you, you never see the bills on monday night and so here they come out chance to show that you know their five and two record is for real and they lay a big egg uh against the jets team that you know really got after quarterback tyrod taylor you wonder where that's been all year with the jets um but that yeah so suddenly you look at that division patriots of course are the top dog and they will be at the end of the year but there's other teams battling for that second spot, and you can't really discount the Dolphins either. I think at four and three, but uh, you know the Jets needed that win to kind of keep this season meaningful, and they went out and they got it, and uh, really made things interesting in that, uh, that that AFC East. Well, I tell you one thing: I love watching the Eagles. I, I mean, obviously we follow the Eagles a lot uh, through you, but I, I, I like watching the Eagles this, this year, and they're the real deal. You got yourself a, an MVP, and you very well might have yourself a, a road to the Super Bowl uh, right now. At least it looks good for you. You got the Broncos at home this, this week. What are your thoughts? Well, <laughs> you watch all these injuries to star players in the NFL, and you know Carson Wentz is going to be making his 25th straight start. He's been healthy but he's taken a lot of hits. And now the Broncos come to town with a defense that uh, is ranked, uh, you know, uh, sec- first or second overall. Um, and they bring Von Miller, who, who has seven sacks and is capable of, you know, getting to Wentz. And, uh, you know, you're just going to have to hold your breath that he can get through this game healthy. Uh, the Eagles can find a way to move that ball against the defense and they go eight and one and they're on their bye next week and getting ready for Dallas coming out of it. But uh you know, the Eagles made a big trade this week. They picked up the running back, Jay Ajayi, from Miami. Uh, I think it was for two reasons, really. Last week, Carson Wentz led the team in rushing with 63 yards. He ran for five first downs, but that's not a recipe for success. The Eagles' run game has been pretty good most of the year. I think they're ranked fifth in the league. But when you see your quarterback is the only one capable of picking up yards uh, against a 49ers team that wasn't very good, I know they have a very good defensive front. 
But uh, that's a concern. So Howie Roseman went out and he tried to find the best running back he could. And Jay Ajayi certainly is the, fits that mold. You know, he's a big guy like with Garrett Blunt. He's six foot, two hundred and twenty pounds. You know, Blunt six one, two forty five. So the Eagles really have a pair of hammers uh, in the backfield now. Uh, and then secondly, with Jay Ajayi, I think he's supposed to be pretty good as a blocking back when the blitzing, uh, you know, in the passing game when other teams start to blitz the Eagles. The Eagles are the most blitz team. In the NFL, they try to rattle Wentz, uh, and he's taken some shots basically because the running backs they've used uh, to protect him, you know, with no, Sproles no longer there, and Sproles was a heck of a pass blocker. For all that Darren Sproles does, you know, with the football in his hand, he was very good at picking up uh, blitzing linebackers and cornerbacks as a blocker. So they had nobody like that. Wendell Smallwood would get run over regularly. Uh, Corey Clement is a rookie. He's still trying to figure out. Uh, how to do it. LeGarrette Blunt doesn't play too often on passing downs because they don't throw to him. So, you know, they hope that Jay Ajayi can be a better pass blocker in those protections. Uh, he's not going to have a whole uh, lot to do Sunday. I think he's going to have a limited uh, play package of about 10 to 15 plays because, he, you know, he didn't come in until uh, Tuesday this week. So uh, he'll be limited, but then he'll have the bye week to kind of get more acclimated. And I think we're going to see a much, much bigger role for Jay Ajayi uh, heading into December uh, with him. And I think he was a a great addition for this team. And and you're right, unless an injury happens, the Eagles seem like a team that it's hard to to pick against them at this point to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. And let's talk about the deadline coming and going. It looks like, uh, at least if you're a 49ers fan, you might think that – uh, Shanahan beat uh, Belichick at his own game. Garoppolo might be a pretty good fit out there in San Francisco. Yeah, he might. I, you know, I've talked to some some colleagues, and you know they, you know they they see things that I really haven't seen. You know, they say that there's kind of a hitch in his delivery, and, the, and when he gets pressure, he gets rattled. But you know, I guess those are things you can work on, and uh, you know, we'll see if Kyle Shanahan is able to develop him and. Uh, make him their quarterback going forward because again the 49ers they're going to pick you know first or second in the draft they could conceivably go out and pick Saquon Barkley from Penn State and then you have a backfield of Garoppolo and Barkley uh, that is clearly your future uh, going forward so uh, you know it's going to be interesting to see again I think he's in a situation like a Jai uh, Garoppolo is in that he's coming into the uh, facility on a Tuesday you know just a few days before the game I'm not sure he's going to play on Sunday uh, just because, especially for a quarterback, there's so much more to learn than a running back. But, hey, Jacoby Brissett did it, right? He stepped right in after they That's got right. the trade. So, you know, maybe Shanahan does throw him out there. I'm not sure if a decision has been made on that. But uh, if, if he does play, it's going to be very, very uh, vanilla type of an offense from the 49ers, which you could argue it's kind of been that way all year. Rick, what do you got for Ed Kratz? I know, Ed, you're driving to New York City. We don't want to keep you too long. We just wanted to kind of cover the NFL and, you know, uh, try to cover some of these key games. I know there's a lot of games going on this weekend. Uh, But, uh, uh, Rick, uh, you want to ask your uh, proverbial routine question about the Detroit Lions to Ed Kratz? (laughs) Uh, No, I don't have a question. It's just uh, three or four weeks ago when I – when I came on and the Lions were 3-1 or 4-1, something like that, looking really good. And I was already stepping over in the Ed side of the expertise, Ed side of the aisle, the NFL, and saying, oh, my God, the Lions and Seahawks are looking so great in the NFC. Well, I was dead wrong about that because it really is the Eagles. So I am not going to try to step on Ed's toes anymore. 
But uh, <laughs> but what, what what I do want to say about Andrew Luck and Jacoby Brissett is that oh, Ed was talking about drafting a quarterback, and yeah, I, I do actually agree with that. Let's figure out how they they need to jump over to Cleveland Browns, really, and maybe go after Sam Darnold. But at the same time, Jacoby Brissett looks pretty good. Why? Why try to replace him? Why not keep him, develop him, and make that your guy if we're going to try to move on from Andrew? Yeah, I mean, I mean they could do that. Uh, again, I, I think that you, you want to have a – you can never have too many quarterbacks, right? I know the Eagles' philosophy is they always try to draft a quarterback every other year um, because I just think it's important to have them and, de- and develop them. And uh, I think that they probably should do that. I don't think they've drafted anybody since Luck, right, back in uh, whenever Luck came into the league. But, yeah, that's right. Uh, I, you know, I think it's time to, to find that quarterback and – you're worried about the Cleveland Browns jumping over them. Geez, I would just let the Browns stay where they are because you know they're not going to get that pick right. Uh, so you'll get the better <laughs> pick them behind the Browns. Yeah. And that's a cheap shot of Cleveland. I, you know, I feel bad for those fans. They really uh, <laughs> deserve better. But, uh, but you know, listen, I, you know, you're, I think I would keep Brissett, too, just to kind of develop him. Uh, and, and you throw him and Luck and your new guy into the mix. And you, you try to find a way to keep all three. You know, I know that's a lot on a 53-man roster. Um uh, or maybe you do try to trade Brissett if he shows something in the preseason next year. Uh, you know, these are all decisions that are going to be made down the line, but I think it starts with picking, if you're the Colts, it starts, I think, with picking a quarterback uh, with your first pick. Hey, Ed, I'm wondering if you could uh, call Jimmy Halsam in, in, up there in Cleveland and just kind of give him a quick definition of what the word deadline means. <laughs> yeah, you hear a lot of rumors. I mean, how, how could they? Yeah, I, I don't know that up. I don't know. You know, people. You know, I've heard theories that you know the Browns thought they were getting AJ Green, not AJ McCarron. So, uh, you know, they refused to sign the paperwork. I've heard that the Bengals uh, didn't get it done in time. So, I don't know what's fact, what's fact, and what's uh, you know fiction out there, but. Uh, that it involves the Browns certainly is no surprise. Well, Ed, oh, wait I want to get your thoughts on one more. Hey, wait, yeah, wait a second. Ahead, You're saying Fred. that they wanted AJ Green and the and the Bengals turned in <laughs> paperwork for AJ McCarron, and that's how it got screwed. Up. <laughs> well, you know that's just something you hear. You that's know, these, the, are, these are the rumors that are out there. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, I hope that's true. I hope that's true. Because that, that's better than than what you know what it is and missing the deadline and the total incompetence of the Browns front office. That's actually a, a better excuse, a better thing. You know, if that if that is really the case. <laughs> yeah, they thought they were getting a different AJ, and they were getting McCarron. Right. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> you know, you know, uh, you know, and in all fairness, we're, we like to make fun of the Browns, but they've got some really cool fans, and, and you know. Uh, obviously, they got Deshaun Cousins. There's a guy in my office. He's actually on my team, and he's the biggest uh, diehard Brown fan that you'll ever meet. He he grew up in the Cleveland area. He lives here in Indianapolis now, and he he's, he just had a baby not too long ago. And he's like, "Oh, I got a new Brown fan." I'm like, "You're putting Brown onesies on your baby. You are not a good father." So we we had. A, we had fun with him all all week long. We had a a sales meeting, and he was in the meeting. and And our, our my uh, our business uh, development director was giving the meeting, and 
and you know, just passing out uh, things that need to be done and the timelines. And, and, he, and he goes, yeah, Adam, here's one thing I want you to know about timelines. It's what we call deadlines. And maybe you need to understand what a deadline is. And it, we have just been razzing him all week long. So, But he's been taking it in, in good spirit. But, yeah, the Browns just can't seem to get it together. If you're okay, if I want to talk with you about it, I'll let you go, Ed, because I know you're driving to New York City. Uh, two teams meet this week, the Redskins and the Seahawks. I watched both of those games last week. And I tell you what, they both played really good games. I think this is going to be another really good matchup up there in Seattle. Yeah, well, you know, Washington is so banged up, especially on that offensive line. I think they're going to have three starters out, or, you know, a couple of them are questionable. So they're basically playing with a backup offensive line. That You know, they've got nothing out of Terrell Pryor. Their tight end, Jordan Reed, is always hurt. I mean, really, Kirk Cousins is really the only consistent part of that team. I like Chris Thompson and what he can do with an offense, the running back, but I'll tell you what, the Redskins, you know, they're, so, they're going to be so shorthanded uh, and, and losing in Dallas to kind of knock themselves out of the race. They're sitting at three and four. You know, they've already lost two games to the Eagles. Uh, so their hopes for any sort of division championship probably evaporated last Sunday. So we'll, we'll see how. Especially up front, uh Trent Williams and Brandon Sheriff, and they're and they're missing another guy. But you know that that that's not a good recipe going into. Uh, I think that game is in Seattle, so uh, that, that's not, that doesn't bode well for the Redskins. Uh, you know the Seahawks, I know, had to survive that high wire act. Uh, you know Deshaun Watson really, uh, really kind of exposed some things defensively for them. Uh, so you know they have to get their defense together. But it could be an entertaining game. We could see some points in this game. I I just don't see a way the Redskins go up there and get that done. Ed Kratz, our official uh, uh, NFL contributor and beat writer for the uh, uh, official NFL contributor for the balance and beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles for USA Today. Uh, any uh, final thoughts and words, to, words of wisdom for us, sir? Uh, well, um, anybody looking forward to that Sunday night game with the Dolphins? After we just saw them in primetime. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, I might be a time to take take the wife or your your loved one out uh, for dinner Sunday night and kind of skip that one. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think there's just this, this, there's a lot of bad games I think this weekend, and uh, but there's some good ones too. Uh, so you know, try to get your TV turned to the good ones. Well, I'll tell you one really good matchup this weekend. The best matchup of, the, of them all is the Pigskin Pirates play Rick Riggin this weekend in fantasy football. So. That's me hey, and Rick play go. each other. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thanks, Campires versus Spider Two Y Banana. That is, that is, uh, yeah, I, I, that is a home run Spider matchup. That's a prime time matchup. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, Ed, you have yourself a good trip uh, up there in New York City. Enjoy your your time with with your son. Uh, and where can people find your work and your masterpieces, sir? Yeah, they can, they can follow me on Twitter at Kratzy, K-R-A-C-Z-E, and then they can hit me up on the uh, at the EaglesWire.usatoday.com. Uh, I've been covering the Eagles for uh, for that operation, the EaglesWire.usatoday.com. So, uh, you know, you can hit me either place, Twitter or, or on that site. All right, buddy, we appreciate it. You have yourself a safe trip, and we'll talk with you soon. All right, thank you, guys. Have a great yeah, weekend. Talk at you next time, Ed. Thanks. You yes, too. All right, bye-bye.
Ed Kratz, uh, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and our uh, official NFL contributor. Love having him on. A lot of fun. My name is Tom Mark Wassell, President Dave. Myself and Rick Riggin will be back. Mo from the BS Sports Show will be joining us here directly, as they say. And uh, we're going to be talking about NCAA, the top 25. And, yes, guess who's in the hunt for the playoffs? The Notre Dame Fighting Irish. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Boom, Network. Boom, baby. Bobby, you're here again Yeah, my doctor told me to reduce stress at work So I come to Buffalo Wild Wings to eat lunch and watch sports I get to pick one of seven entrees, like sandwiches and salads, plus one of seven sides. Well, like sides. It's so affordable, I can finally take a vacation. Where are you going to go? Here, Tim. Here. Introducing the new B-Dub Fast Break Lunch Menu, starting at a new low price. Dine-in or order takeout weekdays between 11 and 2. Participation and availability may vary. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like... Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. See the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Simba Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Porklet, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine.
All right. Welcome back to The Balance. My name is Tom Mark with El Presidente. we got 30 more minutes left on the clock. Uh, thanks to Tyson Lautenschlager for joining us and talking with us about NASCAR. Ed Kratz joined us in the last uh, half hour and talked with us about the NFL on his drive to New York City to see his uh, son. And Rick Riggin joins us as well. And speaking of 24-karat gold, South Bend has found their pot of gold again, maybe, sir. Talk with us about your Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Last week's win gave you guys a number three ranking spot. If the playoffs were to happen today, you guys would be in the playoffs. Have you guys found your pot of gold? Well, it certainly looks that way, and there's a whole month to go left here in the season. But I really do so, – you know, before I even say that, I just want to say that I think I break every broadcasting rule that there is by trying to give a professional breakdown of what's really going to happen and try not to be a homer mm-hmm. to my favorite team at the same time, you know. But uh, I think Notre Dame is going to stick the landing this year, man. I think they're going to finish out. They're going to win out. They're going to win big convincingly in all four games. And like you said, you know, you started out with 24-karat gold to uh, lead this into the Notre Dame segment. I think they found their pot, their pot of gold this year in Josh Adams. Absolutely. Well, you know, here here's the thing, though. I mean, Notre Dame, I, I, I'm encouraged, and I'm, and I'm cautiously optimistic. And I think they, they, they certainly have the schedules in their favor. I mean, you've got Wake Forest today, so that's, uh, I mean, you, uh, barring any any unforeseen circumstances and the creek don't rise, as they say, should have no problems against Wake Forest. But at the same time, the one thing Notre Dame can't do is they can't fall asleep at the wheel. Yeah, that's right. And, it, and it's it's not really getting caught in these trap games like this against Wake Forest and then Navy in a couple weeks. They got Miami next week, and, uh, you know, that's on the road to Miami, and they finish at Stanford. But it's the, it's the little things. It's the things you don't really think about what could hurt them in the long run here because Miami plays Virginia Tech today. And Virginia Tech, even though Miami is the uh, the, the higher seed, the higher ranked team, Virginia Tech is actually the favorite. So it's losses against these lower ranked teams that kind of kill uh, your strength of schedule as you keep going on. So it's if Miami loses today, and I don't know how that the committee will look, you know, look upon that next week when they come out with the rankings on Tuesday. But it's little things like that that could slowly eat away at Notre Dame's ranking and maybe even knock them out of the top four. We're standing by for Mo from the the BS Sports Show, so we'll get into our, our uh, bet against the spread when, when he's able to call us. Um, and certainly this uh, brings us into uh, the AMVETS breaking rank. And I know you're very involved with the AMVETS down there in Evansville. Let's take a moment and talk about the AMVETS. What are they? Who are they? And how can they? someone get involved with the AMVETS? Yeah, they're fighting for the uh, benefits that our uh, veterans are entitled to since World War II, Korean War, Vietnam, and, and our present-day veterans. So it's really cool thing for me to do to get out and help out our vets. And we're always looking for new members, you know, across the state of Indiana, across AMVETS nationwide, really, but here in Indiana, definitely. So Get out to your AMVETS post. Uh, it's real easy to join. It's not real expensive. It's 30 bucks a year. So, yeah, go hit your, your AMVETS post and see what we're all about. And becoming a member of the AMVETS doesn't require a lot of time or a lot of big commitments. Is that correct? No, not at all. It just, uh, 
I've committed myself in it real, you know, entrenched in it real deep, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm an Air Force vet, and and for me, it, it feels like you know, it's a way for me to to still be able to serve, you know, in in, in some capacity. So, but no, you don't even have to be a veteran. You could just be a relative, a veteran, spouse, uh, anything like that. So, yeah, just go check it out. What's the best way that someone can say, okay, yeah, I want to get involved with MVETS? Uh, well, really the best way, you can either get online and you can read the mission statements, read and see about everything and you know, the MVETS does, especially here in Indiana. And it's MVETSIN.com, I believe, is the uh, Indiana website. Read about it, see all the things we do. You can even apply for membership that way or you just go locally if you're live nearby and invest post so go in and talk to the veterans and see what they do let's get into the some college football talk obviously we have a lot to talk about as far as the playoffs goes and uh you know the 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 rankings go and uh, we'll see if we can get mo on here uh soon and i i know he's supposed to be calling but of course he's got a lot goes on he's got his his son and stuff too so let's talk about the big 10 i tell you what if you're a Penn State fan, or an Ohio State fan for that matter, what a game last week was. It was the tale of two halves. And, you know, up to, I just thought for sure that, uh, and I know you and I text back and forth during that game, but I just, you know, it looked like Penn State had it. How did they lose that game? Ohio State remains on top in the Big Ten, 5-0. and that, that drops Penn State down to 4-1. and How did that happen in the second half? In the last five minutes of that game, how did that happen? Well, it's really their lack of ex- execution on defense against J.T. Barrett. I don't think J.T. Barrett even missed a pass. We had through an incomplete pass in the fourth quarter. I think he was 13 for 13, something like that. And then, you know, he can run, too, and they couldn't stop him from running for first downs. So it, it's not containing or slowing down J.T. Barrett. And J.T. Barrett is a dangerous, dangerous dude. You know, I mean, he's back up into the uh, Heisman conversation now just all after that one win. So, But I think it's just a, a breakdown on Penn State and not being able to slow down J.T. Barrett. So Ohio State, I believe, is ranked sixth now, if my memory serves me uh, right. Uh, so, you know, right now they would not be in the playoffs. But we know Ohio State has a way to, to fight their way up. If they win out, which is a very real possibility for them, uh, they'll be right there in the thick of it all as well. Yeah, but the problem they have is Oklahoma's fifth. And if Oklahoma wins out, then uh, Oklahoma is going to stay ahead of Ohio State because Oklahoma beat Ohio State at the horseshoe. So that's what they got going for them. They really need some help. And Oklahoma uh, taking another loss, which they have Oklahoma State today, Bedlam, so that's this is one of the best opportunities to, for the rest of the season, really, for uh, Ohio State wishing a loss upon Oklahoma because that's what they need. Well, let's uh, uh, take a quick glance at the Big Ten. We'll start at the bottom. Unfortunately, we will start at the bottom and talk about IU. Really excited to see Tom Allen. I thought things were going to turn around and uh, just didn't happen in the Big Ten. Uh, we said at 0-5, what has happened to the Indiana Hoosiers? Why can they never, ever seem to get their act together in the Big Ten? Well, it's it, it's a new coach, new system. Uh, I knew it wasn't going to happen this year, you know, bringing a new coach. 
So uh, it takes a couple years. Uh, you know, they just got rid of Kevin Wilson, which is one of the best offensive minds in college football. So just want to give it time. I, 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 I like Tom Allen. I didn't know much about him before the season started. But now watching a few of these IU games to see how tough IU actually plays a lot of these teams, uh, I think he's changing the mindset at IU, and I think next couple of years uh, they're going to be right in the thick of uh, you know the the top maybe four or five teams at, in the Big Ten. I know that's a big thing to say, and some might see that as a stretch, but if you ever watch IU play and, and how how tough they play these uh, elite teams in the Big Ten. It's not really so crazy to think about. No, absolutely. I mean, look at look at how they played uh, Michigan. Look at how they played Ohio State, for that matter, the first game of the season. I mean, granted, they ca- they came back, you know, again, tell them two halves with Ohio State. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they, they are a very, very, very tough team. So I agree with you. And, and you know, even though they're they're zero and five in the in the uh, in the Big Ten, they are uh, three and five overall. So and then uh, Rutgers, Maryland, Michigan, uh, three and two, certainly a, a disappointing season for Jim Harbaugh, as I've said a couple times on this show. Uh, it, it made it very very clear the most overrated, most overpaid coach is one Jim Harbaugh. Uh, Michigan State, Penn State, and Ohio State round out uh, the the Big Ten. Uh, obviously, we look at the Big Ten championship. We probably don't want to look past anywhere past Michigan State, Penn State, or Ohio State. I would say right now we might see another matchup between Ohio State and Penn State uh, in the Big Ten championship. Well, they they can't play each other because they're on the same side of the uh, they're in the same division. Uh, but what's on oh, the other right. side is undefeated. Sorry. What's on the other side is undefeated Wisconsin, ranked number nine. Uh, they're undefeated, so it, it, they're going to play in the uh, more. That's what that's what it's looking like. The Big Ten championships between the right now as it stands, Ohio State and Wisconsin, barring anything crazy happening between the two. So, uh, but it's two man race to the Big Ten. Ohio State, Wisconsin. That's looking like your Big Ten championship game as of right now. So we'll see how it all plays out because there's a lot of football to go still. Well, I don't know if we're going to catch up with uh, with uh, Mo for the BS Sports Show this this week. I'm I'm not quite sure. I uh, shot him a text, but we'll see uh, see uh, what's going on. So let's uh, get on into this uh, North Carolina State and Clemson. What say you, sir? Well, you know, big Irish fan here, and for Notre Dame's sake, I think all of us Irish fans are actually Wolfpack fans today. You know, we. Uh, you know, gave, gave a loss last week, but uh, going against the number four ranked team in, in the country and an NC State win today will look so, so sexy on an Irish resume because the way we beat NC State last week, NC State comes out and beats Clemson this week. That'll look great for us Irish fans. So I'm pulling for NC State. Well, and – you know, you're right. For Irish fans, that would be a good win for them as well. The big game I think everybody's looking at and really has some huge playoff uh, and ranking implications, and that's Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. What do you say, sir? Yeah, if Oklahoma wants to stay ahead of Ohio State or even keep their playoff chances alive, they, they cannot take another loss, even though that loss to Iowa State a few weeks ago isn't looking that bad, but two losses. You know how it goes, Tom. Two losses, that puts you out of the playoff uh, completely anymore. So they can't take a loss. This is huge for the playoff because Oklahoma State is trying to stay in the conversation, too, with their one loss. But uh, 
if Oklahoma wants to stay ahead of Ohio State and stay right there at five and be in striking distance at the end of the season, they're going to have to win this game. Miami comes in at seven and zero and meeting uh, uh, Virginia Tech at seven and one. What are your thoughts? This is crazy because. Miami's undefeated, but their last five games have been won by eight points or less. And that's not really a, a, a good recipe for success, even though they're winning. They're not sexy wins, but they are wins, and that's the reason why they're actually the higher-ranked team and they're at home today, but they're the underdog against Virginia Tech. And like we, I said at the top of the segment, it's little things like this. If Virginia Tech ends up beating Miami, you know, that kind of has a, a negative impact on the strength of schedule for teams like Notre Dame that play Miami next week. So, but I, I, I'm kind of agreeing with the, uh, with the uh, underdog or over, overdog, <laughs> the underdog. Overdog. Thing, I think Virginia, the yeah, overdog. Yeah. I think Virginia tech is actually the better team and I think they'll get a close win today. Well, let's talk about this rankings. If you, that just came out, uh, number one, guess who it is not? It is not Alabama. Number two is Alabama, though. Uh, number three, Notre Dame. And number four, Clemson. Five, Oklahoma. Uh, six, Ohio State. Seven, Penn State. Uh, eight, TCU. Nine, Wisconsin. And ten, Miami. Uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, we look at Wisconsin, 8-0, and oh, but yet they're ranked number nine. Again, it goes back to strength of schedule, I guess. Yeah, the only issue I have, there's a couple things, which is the top four, is uh, I actually got on Reddit last night and, and wrote about this. But I haven't looked today to see anybody's it's commented or folded, upvoted it or anything like that. But uh, I still think Alabama should be number one. I, I know they haven't played a top 25 team this year yet. Uh, their schedule is backloaded. They'll have Auburn. They'll have Georgia in the SEC championship game. They'll have these ranked teams as we – get here in these last three or four weeks of the season. But to quote a uh, – to say a quote by the legendary Ric Flair, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I do think Alabama is the man, and nobody's too uh, – nobody's been successful too often at beating them. So until I, I see that, I still – my opinion is that they're number one, and Georgia should be too, even though it, it's that one-point win at Notre Dame. That's what put them number one. I think they are correct with putting Notre Dame three. I think they got that one right. And then at number four, instead of having Clemson four, I would have Oklahoma four. But that is my take. So, you know, Clemson's <laughs> not really getting punished for for that for that loss to Syracuse. And, uh, you know, Oklahoma's loss is to Iowa State, which is – they just beat TCU last week, which was fourth. So that loss isn't that, looking that bad. The Syracuse loss looks awful for Clemson, but – they're not getting punished for that loss. Let's say that Ohio State battles their way up into the playoffs. Let's say we have a Georgia, Alabama, Notre Dame, and a Ohio State. Let's say we have an Ohio State, Notre Dame playoff game. Would that set you over the edge, sir? What? What's the question? If it's a Notre well, Dame or Ohio State? Yeah. Would that push you over the edge? If Notre Dame and Ohio State met in the playoff game for the No, for the it wouldn't push me over the edge. Why would that push me over the edge? <laughs> I don't know, because you're probably worried I think about Ohio State. Notre Dame, is, Notre Dame is excellent. They've only allowed one rushing touchdown all season long. Uh, they've only given up 20 points. That's the most they've given up in one game. That was a Georgia. 
You know, I mean, everybody else, they didn't even get up more than 20 points all year. I think defensively, Notre Dame is physical, sound, playing great under a new defensive coordinator, Mike Elko. Uh, I, I, and having a Drew Tranquil at Rover would cover JT Barrett. Uh, so I think they would match it with Ohio State great, actually. They matched it with Georgia just fine, lost by one. You know, they, of course, they had a shot at the end of that game. They at least get in field goal range, but strip sack fumble and Georgia wins the game. So I think they, they match up well. I just don't know how they match it with Alabama. Alabama, roll tide. Alabama. Roll tide. <laughs> well, you know, again, we've got Alabama uh, and with the Associated Press, though. It's got them ranked uh, number one, and then Georgia and uh, Ohio State and Wisconsin and Notre Dame. So I guess you have, you know. Which poll do you look at? Which poll do you believe? I, I, I don't know. Tell me. Well, the only but, the only one that counts right now is the playoff poll. All the other polls that come out don't even matter anymore. Once the playoff polls start coming out, that's the only one that, <laughs> that counts for anything. It really that's is. That's it, man. I mean, <laughs> and they don't, the playoff the committee doesn't use the other polls, stats from the other polls, to determine their top four. So I know the AP is wanting to put reward undefeated teams and all that, but Honestly, Wisconsin hasn't played anybody. They have, they've played nobody. So, and we'll see at the end of the year if they play against Ohio State, you know, what kind of team they really are. We will, as you just said, if you want to be the man, you have to beat the man. That's going to be our saying of, of the That's week, right. <laughs> hey, I have one other saying also. I always wait for uh, Alabama to lose. You know, it's always that one game they lose every two years. So I could put the hashtag on Twitter that says low tide instead of roll tide. So that's my, my little weird thing I like to do on Twitter. Get the low tide hashtag going. Low tide. Now, that would be funny, you know, because it's a reference on high tide. I get it. I get it. Right. Gotcha. You don't, <laughs> you don't, have, you don't have to explain it to me. So let's talk a little bit. I, I was hoping that we would uh, uh, have uh, – uh, Mo on, so we'll just kind of go through some of these other games here and uh, see see what's going on. I, I just, you, you know, we we we, talk, we get so caught up in the playoffs, but yeah, there there again, we 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 forget about all the other games. But let's talk about Florida. Florida needs a new coach. Who's it going to be? I really think it's going to be. Let's see, because Jeff Brom was pretty good at Purdue, and. Uh, but I, I, I think it's more likely going to be Dan Mullen from Mississippi State, SEC guy. Because I know Tennessee is going after these same coaches too. But I think Dan Mullen is probably going to be the guy. I don't think it's going to be John Gruden at Florida or Tennessee. I doubt that's ever going to happen. Or Chip Kelly. Those are two guys you can forget about and also Bob Stoops. Uh, but I think it's going to be Jeff Brom or, or Dan Mullen. You know, I, I agree with you. Uh, completely that it's not going to be John Gruden at Tennessee. I would not necessarily uh, discount John Gruden for – I mean, I'm sorry, I know it's not going to be John Gruden for Florida, but I wouldn't necessarily discount John Gruden for Tennessee. Let's face it, his wife, you know, is, is from Tennessee. He's got some roots in Tennessee. His son just, just enrolled and started college down there at the University of Tennessee. ESPN might uh, – 
you know, if if they keep going the way ESPN's going, they might. I mean, they're they're losing seven thousand subscribers a day. Uh, yeah, Monday Night Football uh, rating is at its lowest of all time. In fact, the NFL is probably in all likelihood going to be moving Monday Night Football back to NBC or something or, or to some other network uh, or CBS or or ABC or something. This kind of, I'm not ABC. That's still affiliated with with ESPN. But something's got to happen. And I'm just going to say that probably John Gruden's cush job at ESPN, not because of a choice of his, and he probably sees the writing on the wall, and he might be looking elsewhere. I certainly don't see him coming to Indianapolis, but Tennessee, I think, is a real possibility for John Gruden. And why is it every time a, a coaching job comes open we talk about John Gruden? Because he's the coaching white whale. He, he, he's the guy everybody wants, you know. So, But, yeah, you could be right because I, I think the Monday Night Football for NDC, the contract runs out in 2020, and they're paying over $2 billion a year for that contract and to use the NFL content for all their other shows like Sports Center and everything they do. So if the writing is on the wall here in three years in 2020 and they're not going to renew the Monday Night Football contract because they're losing 7,000 subscribers a day, then yes, uh, maybe we might see him at Tennessee. It, it, it It's not so crazy to think about. So here's some other coaches to, to talk about and think about. Dan Mullen, Mississippi State, goes to Florida. Uh, thoughts on that? Well, he took a program like Mississippi State who has never been built to compete, win, or anything in the SEC, and now they're one of these teams that are right there. Three years ago, they were number two uh team in the nation behind Ole Miss. You have both Mississippi teams, one and two, in the first playoff poll that came out a couple years ago. So he's turned that program around, resurrected a program that is now competitive in the SEC, and uh, I just think he can get better athletes at Florida. That's why it makes sense. Here's a here's another thought for you. Indianapolis Colts, obviously, I mean, we could we could we could play the fantasy conversation that Chuck Pagano's going to be here next year. He's not going to be here next year. He's going to make it through the year. I mean, I, I, there's really no reason to let him go now or, or at, at the bye week. There just isn't any reason to do that. There's nobody they're going to bring, and there's nobody has ever turned a, a team around. They're not going to change the perception of the Indianapolis Colts fans. So, uh, Pagano's gone at the end of the year. Okay, we got that as a reality. Justin Fontaine, uh, head coach at Virginia Tech, to the Colts. No, and that was a guy that uh, you asked me about Florida, and that is uh, another guy from Florida, Tennessee, that talk about Justin Futez for uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech. And here's what the Colts are going to do, though. They're going to wait until Michigan is completely done with football this year, and then they're going to throw about $20 billion to Tim <laughs> Harbaugh. And we'll see Harbaugh, at the head coach of the Annapolis Colts next year. Write it down, mark it zero, because I think that's going to happen. It ain't going to happen. But I will say, though, it's a, it's a good conversation to have because Ursay loves Jim Harbaugh, and Ursay would, would chuck a billion dollars to add Jim Harbaugh uh, to, to, to bring him here. I just don't see him leaving Michigan, and he may not have a choice in that. I get that. But at the same time, I just don't think he likes Indianapolis enough to come and be a coach here. But his relationship with Andrew Luck – it could be appealing. We 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 could we could that, see that that's one of scenario. his quarterbacks as it is anyway. So it'd be reading out of Andrew Luck like they were at, at Stanford. But here's the one thing that's going to keep Harbaugh at Michigan. 
is the fact that he's got Christian McCaffrey's younger brother coming in next year to play quarterback. Uh, that is fine. He finally got one of his guys, one of his kids, one of his quarterbacks in with, with the program, one of his recruits. And I think that's what he's uh, all about at Michigan is, is getting in his players. And this is his uh, his top player. that uh, He wanted a quarterback, Christian McCaffrey's uh, younger brother. So I think he's going to stay at Michigan, develop this kid, and see where uh, uh, little McCaffrey can, can take the Wolverines. Well, you know that's a, that's a very valid point. So, well, I'm done talking about Jim Harbaugh. He bores me. Ezekiel Elliott bores me. The NFL is boring me because they're just mediocre. There's nothing too exciting going on. I'm just, you know, I need some excitement in my life, Rick. Well, I don't know where I'm start watching the Irish heavily. <laughs> because I think I'm they're start waxing this year. my knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe I should wax wax my knuckles. Do you think that'll bring some excitement to my to my to my life? No, it does. Just seems I don't like know. The NFL. <laughs> 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 I don't think it's too pleasant, honestly. What waxing your knuckles, man? That's a thing, brother. Yeah. You didn't know that? No. I've never done that. I'm not gonna do it. It's a it's a it's a thing, brother. I've never heard the Just expression. Like to be honest with you, I had no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I saw it on on one of the uh, things on Twitter this week. Somebody released a thing said uh, one of the new trends for men to be doing is waxing their knuckles. So I I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We should we should <laughs> we should have a we should have a wax your knuckle uh, bet go going on here. I, we'll I'm not out waxing nothing. Is. <laughs> Come on, man. We don't want to know what you no. wax, but we know what you wax, brother. We know we know you're a waxer. <laughs> wax on, wax off. That's for sure. All right, guys, that's about about time to wrap it up. We've got to wrap it up, put a bowl on. I know you have a hard stop. And uh, so there's probably not going to be any balance extra because I'm dealing with a uh, bluebonic plague here, and I'm still trying to get over that. Uh, Mo, we weren't able to connect with, so uh, we're just going to end the show at normal, regular time. Any final thoughts or words of wisdom, sir? Uh, no final thoughts. I, I, I won a 33 trucking hat. And, you know, Notre Dame just came out with that this week, and I want one of those hats. You can find me on Twitter at Reagan underscore Rick. I have a little blog site going, flipping the field dot, well, it's FTF, flipping the field dot WordPress dot com. So, you know, I write on that when I have actually time to bit. So, uh, nothing recent on there from this week, but you definitely go check it out. And uh, that's about all I got. Go Irish. Well, absolutely. And that's awesome. Well, Rick's going to post his pictures of getting his knuckles waxed. And uh, so, we'll be sure that nah, we share that. Not when gets... <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, we're out of here. My name is Sean Mark Michael, President Jake. Well, that popped out of nowhere. But uh, that's it, guys. Uh, we're going to wrap it up, put a bowl on it. <laughs> you can catch us on Blog Talk, iTunes, and definitely tune in. Uh, I, I've been informed that we will get the live feature fixed. So we should be next week we should be live on Tuned In. But definitely you can catch us on the podcast on Tune In. My name is Tom Marquez, El Presidente. Don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. I'm out of here. Deuces. <laughs>
Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com.